there's a motto um, of how to make the impossible possible. Start with what you know, use what you have and the rest will follow. I don't train at a gym, I spend all my money in racing. I sometimes go without food because I want, I want to race so badly and it's so expensive. Gender has nothing to do with anything, so um, just go out on that racetrack and kick ass. Society breeds it into you that even though if you're the female champion, you'll still come second to the male champion. Um, so when I win a race, I'm not second to anyone. So I'm always going to be first. Um, and so that's why to take that V8 Supercar Championship in main game, that means that I am the best of the absolute best and that's where I want to get to. I'm Jackie Mooney, the editor of Women's Health. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Uninterrupted. My guest today decided she wanted to be in the driver's seat in 2014 and she hasn't taken her foot off the pedal since. A star of the motorsport world, Emily Duggan became the first female driver to race in the V8 Touring Car Series, now called the Super 3, in 2016, and also competes in the Toyota 86 Racing Series, clocking speeds of up to 270 kilometres an hour. A champion of women in sport, she's recently become an ambassador for Dare to be Different, an initiative designed to inspire women in every aspect of racing. She's a fierce advocate for equality and believes passionately that every girl has the right to chase their dreams, regardless of their past, where they come from, or who tells them they can't. Something we'll delve into a little more deeply today. So, Em, thank you so much for being here. You were actually born in Queensland, but grew up in the suburbs of Sydney. How did you actually end up involved in motor racing? Yeah, motor racing was something that uh, was not in the family, not in the blood whatsoever. I think it just all came from there's just this spark inside. And every time that I uh, I grew up with three sisters, so it was like cars and motorsport was so far from anything that I grew up with. It was always like hair, makeup, Barbie dolls. Um, but I was always the one that, um, like the one sister that really wanted to to play in the mud. But I remember when I would uh, watch TV and look through, flick through the channels and there was a supercar race on, something just inside, kind of like a um, like a lighter trying to, to spark a light was just kind of like, hey, you like I really really like this and I never wanted to be a spectator I always saw the cars and just wanted to wanted to drive and race the cars that's what was um yeah the biggest thing and then it went on um because living up and in the circumstances I didn't have um motorsport I kind of always thought was kind of like AFL back in the day very glad to say back in the day uh where it was a, a guy sport um especially at the top level and I always assumed that supercars was a male sport as well that girls couldn't p- compete. So it wasn't until later that I realised that girls could actually compete and that's when I started researching how you can actually become a racing car driver. I googled how you could become a V8 supercar driver because that's what I wanted to mainly get straight into but I realised that there was steps that you had to had to do and that's where I realised that um, a lot of the drivers uh came from karting background. So when they're six, seven, eight years old, started in karting and moved up the ranks through there. Um, but I thought, okay, well, you know, I'm not six or eight years old. Um, I'm a little bit older. So um, instead of starting in karts, I bought a Hyundai XL and raced in the XL series. And I remember 
Um, so I, I bought a I bought a Ute at the time as well, and I had to hire a trailer because I didn't I didn't want to fork out the money in case this wasn't the career choice that I could do. Um, but I I hired a trailer to start with, and um, I just remember there was a lot of early early mornings and long nights trying to get this car onto the trailer, hook it up to the Ute, and drive it all the way down to Goulburn, two and a half hours a way to uh, to go practice and to go racing. And how old were you when you first hit the track and actually drove for the first time? Um, oh, I think that was about 20, 21. Um, oh, it feels like so long ago, but then it also feels like it was just kind of yesterday as well. You realise how much time has kind of passed, but I still feel um, every time I go to the racetrack, I still have the same feeling of being there for the first time. And I love it. I'm always the first one there and the last one to leave. (laughs) Growing up, you know, obviously share with your parents, look, I think I might want to be in motorsport. What was their reaction to that? Um, It wasn't good. Um, They said that I I couldn't do it. Um, So I'm not close with with my family. Um, And yeah, their reaction was was a no. You couldn't, um, shouldn't and wouldn't do it. Uh, There was a lot of friends that said that as well so to kind of now um you know I'm I'm not to where I definitely want to be I'm on my way to to getting there but to be able to get this far it's yeah it's it's pretty incredible to think of where I came from and what I'm able and what I've achieved so far and do you think that that reluctance from your parents would Mm. they have preferred you to kind of um follow a more traditional some would say traditional career path um, I don't really know what they would have preferred me to do. Um, but I definitely think, um, a little bit of that motivation comes from people saying that you can't do something. There's, you can either use that as, okay, I can't do that and move on to something else. Or you can use that and go, well, why can't I do it and try and actually get there? I remember, um, when I decided that, yeah, stuff everyone else, I'm just going to do it. Um, the biggest thing was that, they they were never in the motorsport world, so how did they know that I couldn't couldn't achieve it and couldn't race? Um, so I decided then and there that um, Craig Lowndes would be the only one that could tell me whether I could and couldn't do it. Um, I emailed him; he never emailed back. Um, but thank you, Craig, for never emailing back because I would have, no matter what he was said, um, you know, maybe the circumstances would have changed. Um, I'm sure he would have been encouraging, but still. Um, yeah, I I think that that's where a little bit of the motivation comes to to, to prove uh, the naysayers wrong. Yeah, I was going to say, do you think that really did light a little bit of a fire under you that somebody telling you, hey, you can't do this, you were like, well, you know what, I'm going to do it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think that, um, you know, there's, there's definitely the old saying, there's more than one way to skin a cat. And that's what I kind of thought is, you know, there was that path of carding and then up into production cars and then moving up through that. But um, you know, you take other industries and there's different ways that people have come up through those industries. So why wouldn't motorsport be the same? And I was curious to see if it could be the same and I could take a different path and prove that, um, you know, to the industry that it can be done a different way. And when you did, you know, front up to the track in those early days, really wanting to get into the sport, did you find that there was people that were really willing to help you? Were there any mentors or people that really were helpful to you along the way? Yeah, there was definitely some people. Everyone was really encouraging. I remember my first race um, 
And I just thought, well, I've never gone to a first race before. I'd, I'd had, um, you know, your first day of your first job, you kind of get introduced to everyone in the office. So I went up to all the other competitors in the Excel series and introduced myself, um, which, I mean, I wouldn't do that now. But it, it was just one of those things that I didn't know what to do and what to expect. Um, and but what Coming away from meeting everyone, what I kind of realised is that, this, yes, there was a little bit of support there, but there was always a bit of um, dismissal. They didn't think that um, I would be competitive. Um, it was kind of like, oh, yeah, nice to meet you, but, um, you know, you're no threat to me, which was kind of good because I was just like, well, you know, watch me on the track um, and then, yeah, see if I'm a threat or not. <laughs> I imagine that having the right headspace before a race is is pretty important. Are there any rituals or things that you do or music that you listen to um, before a race to get into the right zone? Yeah, um, there's two songs that I listen to um, on my way to the racetrack um, and the, like my crew in the car, they just have to suck it up. Um, <laughs> I think that they've, they've learned the words and they're getting into it now. Um, so every morning before, um, as, as we go to the racetrack, um, when we're about 10 minutes away, um, I put on a song by Christina Aguilera, um, the fall in line, um, which is a really, it's a great song about, um, women, she, we're not born to fall in line um, and I certainly wasn't born to fall in line. Uh, maybe the first in the line. Uh, <laughs> first over the finish line in the line. Um, but then also another song by Beyonce, Flawless. Um, there is a an amazing um, quote and speech in there um, from a lady that I cannot pronounce her name um, but right in the middle of the song and it just talks about um, – it's really empowering women um, and it's just those two songs just really get me in that right headspace of um, what I'm there to do that day. I'm there to do a job and really excel at that job and uh, perform to the best of my abilities um, but that, you know, there's gender has nothing to do with anything. So um, just go out on that racetrack and kick ass. And I love you mentioned, you know, not falling in line and you you are very much breaking stereotypes by being a woman involved in, in motorsport. Is it hard to break those stereotypes and, and be in a male-dominated world? I think it's really easy to to break those stereotypes um, if you're just you're true to yourself and you're authentic. Um, and I know exactly who I am, um, and I'm authentic to that. So the stereotypes, um, yeah, I'm not. Um, oh, I don't know. I mean, I'm a tomboy in a way, but then I do like to dress up outside of the racetrack. Um, but yeah, just if you're, um, there's no as long as you're yourself then it's not difficult being um, a woman in a male-dominated sport. And I love what you say, and this goes for, I guess, your sport, motorsport and other sports. As you say, you're there to get respect. You're there to win. And it doesn't actually matter whether you're a woman or a man. May the best athlete win. Exactly. That's it. And that's one of the things that I love about motorsport so much is because that in motorsport, women and men can compete in the same car, on the same track, in the same category, um, and it is the best athlete to win. When you're in your car, you've got no clue whether that's a man or a female. Um, when I've got my helmet on or my suit on, you can probably see my hair poking out the back, but that's about it. No one would have any clue. Um, and that's one of the biggest things that I love about this sport is that there's not um, there's there's no difference. 
that you actually hadn't thought about it in that way. It's one of the few sports where, as you say, women and men, they're competing head to head. Where else do you find that? Yeah, I think you find it in uh, lawn bowls. <laughs> a little bit different. <laughs> a little bit different. Um, but, yeah, like in um, in tennis and in swimming, um, especially in the Olympics, you've got uh, a male champion and a female champion. Um, I feel like that shouldn't be the case because, like, in surfing, you've got the male and the female champion, but the male um, up until recently, I'm so glad that I can always say up until recently, um, that the males were paid more than the females. And so you've always had this um, society breeds it into you that even though if you're the female champion, you'll still come second to the male champion. Um, so when I win a race, I'm – not second to anyone. So I'm always going to be first. Um, and so that's why to take that V8 Supercar Championship in main game, that means that I am the best of the absolute best and that's where I want to get to. And you actually started racing in 2014 after yeah. those years of hearing people around you say that it wasn't possible mm. and, and you weren't going to be successful and you, you proved them wrong. And, you know, 2016 ended up being quite a breakout year for yes. you. Um, and you actually became the first female to race in the V8 Touring Car Series, which is amazing. And you actually had 15 top five finishes that season. What was that feeling like? The biggest thing was to be the first female in that series. That series had been run for 20 years and I was the first. It's a great achievement, but at the same sense, I kind of almost felt like at the time um, it shouldn't have been, I shouldn't have been the first because I'd only been two years in the sport. And then that's kind of what me what made me realise that there needs to be, um, you know, a huge shift in motorsport, that girls can do anything. Gender um, has no – gender has never been written into the rules. So there should – there's no reason why girls can't race. And um, you compete in what uh, many people would consider quite a dangerous sport. Do you ever think about that fear or how do you – handle that oh I never think about that fear um the funniest thing is that um every time I'm in a situation um and I've spun the car the only thing that I'm thinking about is what position I was at before that spin and how I'm going to get back to that position um I remember uh back in the Excel days I'd um had this this biggest spin um but I came around and was able to face the right way going the right way on the track um so quickly plucked it in a second and kept going um and counted the cars as I was spinning of how many cars were going past me at that time and it was five um and by the end of the race I just wanted to be in front of those five people because, um, yeah, I'd, I wanted that position back. And we first met up in Townsville at the T86. It was actually my first um, motorsport experience and I was addicted immediately. And obviously I saw what you wear and your car and everything that is involved in, in this sport. And I've read that you actually do yoga so that if you need to escape the car quickly, 
you can do that. Is that actually right? Yeah, correct. Um, because I'm so short, um, my car, um, we still have the seat to be able to adjust forward and back because if I'm in my racing position, it's really difficult to get out. Um, and if something was to ever happen and I wasn't able to move the seat back, um, then it's a really, really tight squeeze to try and get out. Um, and yoga helps with trying to put your body into different positions and keeping nice and flexible. Um, but then also that, um, that, um, calming factor. And it's a good, it's just a good, um, good exercise, um, thing to do for your body all around. And I know it gets incredibly hot inside the car, and particularly with what you're wearing. Talk us through the temperatures and the speeds and all of that crazy stuff. Yeah, it is so, so hot in those cars. Um, I remember one time I thought my seat was on fire because my back was so incredibly hot. And it's not until that you finish a race or you're under a safety car and you actually have time to, to think and process everything that you realise how hot you actually are. So I lose about three kilos every weekend of sweat so it's great for you know me being a female and always wanting to be a little bit slimmer um <laughs> I enjoy that as- aspect it's like a good of old it. sauna yeah exactly um so it's about it depends on the the temperature outside um uh, but if it's at that 30 outside you're looking at about 50 inside um so it is hot and you're not like I'm not sitting there um just in bras and undies I'm sitting there with a three-layered suit um covered and then helmet as well so it's quite uh it's quite an intense heat um and then because you're so focused um in the car it just you don't realize until you're till you're stopped um but the speed the fastest that I've been that I'm aware of is 270 um we don't have the dashboard doesn't show up what the speed you're doing it's only when I ask my engineer you know how fast is is um are we going down the straight uh I want to go a lot faster though like I want to get over the 300 mark (laughs) and you do do yoga you know do you do any other form of training or fitness to prepare for your sport yeah definitely um I do a lot of strength training and weight training so the um the Brake pedal is around about like pushing 800, uh, sorry, not 800, um, 80 kilos with one leg. So imagine trying to do like a squat with, you know, 80 kilos on you, but just one legged. Um, and you've got to do that repetitively three times every one minute, um, which is intense. But when, you, when you're in the car, um, it's a lot easier. Uh, cause if you don't push that brake pedal, then you're probably going into a tire wall or something. Uh, knock on wood. Um, the boxing has a very good, um, a good link with racing as well. So with boxing, um, you have to be so focused and you're thinking about um, how you're going to hit the pad um, and exactly that that impact of that pad, like the, the circle right in the centre. You don't want to hit right at the top or right at the bottom. You want to hit right in the circle. And it's like with racing, you always have to be perfect lap time. So you're always searching for that perfect apex. Um, but something that I'm actually training, which sounds very, very weird. Um, I was telling someone the other day and they were just like, you're crazy. But um, I put everything into into simple terms. Um, so I was watching, I was up late and I was watching an F1 race and it was um, the latest one with Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton. And uh, Lewis was um, about a second and a half behind Max and there was still about 30 laps to go. Um, and Lewis's 
team made the decision to pit and put new tyres on. Um, so then that made him, I think, 23 seconds behind. Um, and the whole time he was back out there after the pit stop, he started questioning whether that they made the right move or not. And and you could hear that through the radio that they put on through the TV. And I'm thinking while I was watching that, he has to think about his racing, about his lines, about how his car's moving, um, and he was getting faster and faster. So he was putting down fast lap times um, through each lap. But then he was also questioning about the team's strategy decision. So he would have been playing over in his mind about what what could have happened, what will happen, all this stuff, and about five different scenarios you would think of. And I was just like, wow, how is he able to think – of all of that and think about the race and push out fast lap times. So I was like, that's a skill that I want to acquire. So how do I acquire that? Um, and I've always, there's, there's a motto um, of how to make the impossible possible. Start with what you know, use what you have and the rest will follow. So I thought, okay, how can I break this down so that I can, um, so that I can do it? Um, so I don't, I don't train at a gym. I spend all my money in racing. I sometimes go without food because I want I want to race so badly and it's so expensive. So um, I don't have a gym membership. Um, so what what I do is I run around uh, my block um, and use some home equipment. But um, to be able to simulate thinking at that kind of level um, and still performing at that level, what I've started training to do is that I was never good um, at maths or never good at school. Um, so Times tables, I never learnt my timetables. Even some pluses and minuses um, I find a little bit difficult. I take a little bit longer than the average person. Um, so while I'm running, I'm trying to keep a consistent same speed but trying to do mass equations in my head. Um, then the same with squats and lunges, trying to keep on the same beat on the same um, the same level while doing mass equations. Um, and that's just how I'm thinking, okay, how can I kind of replicate what he's doing in the car? So trying to, um, yeah, think of one thing because when you're deep in thought, you kind of slow down a little bit. So I'm trying to keep on that pace. So it, um, it's harder than it seems, but hey, you've got to start off at one level um, and then get better. I'm not going to be, you know, it's not going to be a week and I'll be amazing. So. And it's interesting you mentioned there obviously motor racing is a very expensive sport to be involved in and I'm sure that's one of the biggest challenges. Um, you know, has that been difficult and, and what keeps you going when it is hard and you're trying to get money to tow your car across Australia and, you know, what keeps you in it when those times are tough? I think it's that that fire. I want it so badly. I want it so much. Um it's just racing is is everything to me and I know that I can do it 100%. There's not one bone, one blood vessel inside of me that doubts me. So that's what keeps me keep going and hard work uh, pays off sometimes but persistence is what pays off the biggest thing. Um, there's this photo of a guy um, searching for uh, diamonds and he stops and he's like, 10 centimetres away and then there's someone that's, you know, a couple of metres back but they keep going. You never know how close you are to something so um, you've got to keep working on it and I know that it'll come. It's um, I've had some options to take the easy road and, um, you know, they haven't met my morals and my values so, um, you know, I'm not – 
saying no to that, it keeps me pushing hard to to get to where I want to go. Um, it is very expensive um, and sponsorships are so, so valuable. Um, so, yeah, sometimes it's tough, but I would I would rather um, go without new clothes, without, you know, food sometimes and because I just I want it so badly. And um, you in 2019, um, you know, you were racing under your own banner, which is really exciting, Emily Duggan Racing. Um, and I know a couple of years back you mentioned it there that you were actually handed your your dream on a plate to be involved in, in V8 and you actually turned that opportunity down. Are you um, able to tell us a little bit about why? Yeah. Um, so I won't name a category or anything like that. Um but yeah, I was given an opportunity to, to race, um, full time, a full budget, everything that I could ever dream of, um, was there right in front of me. Um, but there was, there was a catch is that I had to be the promo girl, the promo girl that raced. Um, and you know, that came with a little bit of more, um, provocative clothing than I'm, what I'm used to wearing. And that just doesn't, that didn't feel right to me at the time it still doesn't feel right for me now um I don't want to show young girls that you have to go to that level to to get what you want so um as soon as it was offered it was a a very fast um and quick shutdown and I've never ever thought um of of never regretted that decision um and even if I don't make it to where I want to go I still never regret that decision but you know it's so true and we've talked about this before it's about your why and your values and making sure that what you're doing matches up so I think that that must have been in one way a hard decision but in another way a really easy decision to stick by what you believe in yeah definitely I mean um it's to be given that you think are amazing but then to have that catch with it like that's just um disrespectful I don't know a guy would never um would never get that and that's one of the biggest things is that um gender's never been written into the sport so um I feel that there should like it it just shouldn't be if whatever a guy's being offered I should I should be offered um so yeah, the, one of the the quickest and easiest decisions, but a very um, not a hard decision to make, but a hard pill to swallow to have that offered in the first place. And you know that did, and ultimately led you to create your own team. And yeah. I know it's quite incredible. I've met some of your engineers, and they're female. It's incredible. Is that something you really believe in? Too, you know, more girls getting involved in STEM and engineering careers and things like that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, motorsports not just about driving, um, and it is very much a team sport as well. I mean, the focus is. Um, mostly on the driver, um, but it's such a team sport and it really takes um, so many different people to actually get that result. And having females in those uh, fields, you know, engineering, mechanics, um, team management, all of that stuff, it is so great to see more women and encourage more women into those um, into those fields because, yeah, gender has no part in in anything. So everything can be done equally as good, if not sometimes better. <laughs> and I know you've recently become involved in an, an amazing initiative that 
is called Dare to Be Different. Um, tell us a little bit about that. Dare to Be Different. Uh, I love the name. I think that just kind of, you know, says um, says the biggest statement of all. So Dare to Be Different is an initiative from Susie Wolf, which um, she's an F1 or she was an F1 driver. And she, when she retired, um, she created this as a way to give back to females and give back to the sport. Um, so it's about encouraging girls um, from the years, um, I believe, eight to 12, um, that a motorsport career could be possible and there's so many different avenues within motorsport that they can choose and it's showing them that the girls currently competing in those um, positions and killing it within their fields that what's possible. So, yeah, it's, it's great to be uh, recognised as an ambassador but then to be involved in it and see the kids. It's, um, it's incredible to see their faces light up when they realise, you know, all the girls that are showcasing the event today are within their field um, in motorsport. And do you wish, um, looking back now, there was something like that for you when you were growing up? Yeah, definitely. I think that um, I think I'd probably be retired now with uh, a couple of V8 championships under my belt if I had that when I was little. Um, just because, yeah, when I was little, I never knew that it was a possibility. So, um you know, I would have been that age when I was watching supercars on TV and that um, that light trying to start. So if I had that at my school, oh, my gosh, um, you know, who knows what would have happened. And you've overcome many obstacles in, in your racing career, um, you know, had to have many jobs. You've put everything into your sport. Um, whether you're involved in sport or not, what would be your advice to other girls and women out there that might be encountering I guess challenges in their life? I think um, I heard this from a friend and it's always really stuck with me. Um, Anytime that a difficult situation comes up or a challenge um, you know an obstacle um, she would always just say you know oh it's um, keep it for your memoirs so it'll make your your life book really eventful um, at the end of it and I think that that's something that um that I actually don't mind about obstacles and challenges is that if if it's an obstacle, you're you're able to overcome absolutely anything, um, and always believe that that nothing is no wall is too high, no ocean is too deep for you to to get over it. Um, but the biggest thing is is that challenges I accept them and I um, really like them because you grow so much as a person and you realize how strong you actually are. There's so many scenarios in my life that um, I think, oh my gosh, like I can't believe I was strong enough to get past that. Um, and you're always, every day you're stronger um, and it's creating, you know, you you get an obstacle that's that's minor here, you're able to overcome it and next up because obstacle's a little bit bigger but because you overcame that one, you're then more equipped to overcome the next one. Um, and it just makes for a good story at the end of the day. I mean, if it was easy, um, no one would have autobiographies because their life would be boring. So it makes it fun. Pretty boring book yeah. in that case. <laughs> and I know we were lucky enough to work together on International Women's Day this year, which was unreal. And I think female empowerment is having a really big moment around the world. You know, women have always had a voice, but I think people are finally listening at the moment. Why do you think that is? 
I think that we're just kicking ass everywhere, um, in every industry, in every aspect. Um, and that's something that I, that I really love. It's not just, um, you know, it's not just motorsport. It's, you know, women's AFL, um, women's NRL, um, you know, the girls killing it absolutely in tennis, um, in swimming. There's just, there's so much happening and there's so many women supporting other women. So I think that, um, it's happening because we're making it happen. And um, you mentioned women in sport and that this rise of women in sport has been so incredible over the last couple of years. Why is it so important to have role models like that for young girls? To show that anything is possible. Um, I, I didn't know any female racing car drivers when I was growing up. So um, to – I. I'm now coming kind of with the terms that I'm that for for other girls and it's kind of it's quite nice it's a big responsibility and that's why I stick true to my morals and my values um but it's it's something that I always wanted when I was younger so and for all the other female athletes there's so many girls out there that were wishing that they could be um that they could be them when they grow up or um there's a lot of you know older older women that are saying, oh, I really wanted to be a racing car driver when I was young. Um, so, yeah, hopefully it's it's changing for the better and then the next generation it just, yeah, every you see everyone doing anything. So, Emily, there's a lot of incredible women in the world today. Who is it, whether it's in motorsport or not, are there some incredible women or female mentors that you look up to? And if so, um, who are they and why? Yeah, the, the two, um, the two that, uh, well, three that are prominent as soon as you say that question. Um, Beyonce, <laughs> nothing to do with motorsport. Um, I love but- <laughs> this answer. Beyonce, the queen. Yes, the queen, queen B. She's just, um, She's someone that uh, ever since I was young, I would always look up to. She's just an incredible powerhouse. Um, she does things so differently to everyone else and she really um, takes everything to the next level but isn't afraid to to colour outside of the, la- the lines and push the boundaries. Um, so even though she's got nothing to do with motorsport, there's still so many lessons and the way that she does things um, and very meticulous and such an incredibly hard worker um, that I am able to learn from and take into take into motorsport. Um, in the sporting world, Serena um, and Venus Williams, oh, my gosh, those women are just incredible. Um, I was watching a, a bit of a documentary um, about Serena Williams and just – her dedication, her love and passion for the sport. Um, you know, I, I love motorsport so much and I know how much I love it. Her level is, you know, 10% more and I didn't even know that there could be a more love for a sport. How she's able to control um, her personal life and her her sporting life, have a baby and then come back and still be absolutely kicking ass. Like she's just, she is incredible um, and her body is amazing nothing that that um, that that girl cannot do well it's funny you mentioned both of those women they are both incredible women they're both strong trailblazing women so what does being a strong woman mean to you oh that's a good question <laughs> a strong wi- uh, woman uh, means to me um a girl that's just gonna go after exactly what she wants um she's not gonna Rules, I think, 
Um, obviously, road rules uh, are meant to be enforced, um, but anything outside of that um, within sport or anything like that, push the boundaries. Um, don't be afraid to push it, see what happens, and don't be afraid to have a no because a no just means not yet or not now, but, you know, keep asking the question and see where it takes you. And, um, you know, you are involved in what is unfortunately still quite a male-dominated sport. Um, what would you like to see change in terms of equality in our motorsport for women? I think just more women competing um, in high levels. So um, at the moment there's only, you know, one or two or three women competing in a field of, of 20 plus. So I can't wait for the day where it's, um, you know, where it's 10 women out of 20 um, and there's three women on the podium, one, two, three. That would be absolutely amazing and a game changer to really cement that, yeah, there's, there's, no, there's no gender when it comes to racing cars. And what do you think we need to do to make that happen? Is it financial backing? Is it support? Is it all of those things? What will get more women into motorsport? Financial backing, that's, that's probably the, the number one. Yeah, that's, that's the toughest, toughest thing. Um, definitely for myself, um, not coming from a wealthy family and, and doing everything myself. That's the biggest thing that holds me back. Um, but I think showcasing, um, the incredible women that are in fields of motorsport and putting support behind them and showing them, um, how, what their achievements are and, whether that be a driver, whether that be an engineer, whether that be a mechanic, it's showcasing the women that are really killing it in the game of motorsport. I think that's how we change it. And you've already achieved some incredible things in your sport in just a few short years. What have you got coming up over the next 12 months or so? What's on the race calendar? Oh, I'm very excited. I've got Bathurst next. So the Bathurst 1000, that track, oh, I love it so much. Um, so I'm racing the Toyota 86s there and then we go to Sandown and then Newcastle as well. Um, and then for next year, I'm hoping to compete full-time again in Super 3. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to compete full-time. I only did two of the three uh, two of the five rounds, but next year is really focusing on getting sponsorship um, for the full year and then moving on uh, for Super 2 in 2021 and then hopefully go from there to get a co-driver gig and then main game V8 Supercar and start the hunt for the championship. And you mentioned the main game. You know, What is the ultimate dream for you in motorsport? The ultimate dream is to win a V8 Supercar Championship, not just to race in it but to win, to stand on that top step of the podium multiple times and to win the championship because that, um, that I believe will really cement um, women in motorsport. Um, you know, yes, we can compete, um, but to do it competitively and take out a championship over a year is, um, yeah, that that's the ultimate goal. And um, if you could go back now in a time machine to that younger Emily who was watching the TV and just wanting to be on the track and you could give that 16-year-old Emily some advice, what would you say? Oh, um, never fear the unknown. Um, everything is possible um, and you you don't know how strong you are just yet. That's the biggest thing that I would say. 
Well, before we wrap up today, um, one of the favourite quotes I've ever heard you say, and I love this and I, I think about it all the time, it's that quote that you wrote and you said, my dream was never to be the first girl, just the first over the line. I pushed the boundaries so there are no boundaries left to keep girls from achieving anything they dream of. And I just think that that gives you goosebumps every time you hear that. You know, in light of that, what message would you like to leave our audience, both boys, girls, men and women with today? Yeah, thank you for that. That's, yeah, it's quite nice to hear. Um your your dreams can can be actions and those actions can turn into achievements um never let anyone say that you can't do something because just because it hasn't been done before doesn't mean that it can't be done and life is so short and i know that sounds so cliche um but it is absolutely so true you never know when you can go so make the most of every single day and keep pushing well, Emily, it's been so nice catching up with you again. We love you here at Women's Health. So thank you so much for sharing a little bit of your life and your sport with us. We'll definitely be watching your career over the next couple of years. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for listening today. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back with our next episode very soon. In the meantime, got someone you'd love to hear from on our podcast? Then don't hold back. Get in touch with us and let us know who they are via the Women's Health website.